We live in a society that's constantly trying to change everything around it. But what if we spent more time changing what we can control ourselves? My name is Brad. And I'm Justin. And we want to invite you to join us as we talk with some of our friends about using this amazing tool called the Enneagram as we build the new you to be better today for a better tomorrow. Welcome to episode four of the Better Today podcast. I am Brad Livingston. And I am Justin Oswald. And uh, we're excited to be back with you guys. Another podcast. And uh, we have a special guest with us today. Um, got to spend uh, about a week with uh, with her in Atlanta as we were doing our training. We were getting accredited and doing the Enneagram stuff. And so uh, we're going to give a special welcome to Laura Good morning, gents. <laughs> so, Laura, welcome, welcome to the uh, podcast. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun today. So, I think so, <laughs> so, um, and you're, you're where are you? Where are you currently? Where do you reside? So, I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, literally about ten miles from the airport. So, just outside of what we can truly call Nashville. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice city. I, I love I, Nashville. Nashville. I said Niceville. Niceville. Yeah, Nashville is a great city. I was supposed to be there next month, but yeah. COVID. But COVID, right? COVID. Yeah, but COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, but COVID. Yeah, so um, we're t- today we're going to be breaking down your type, Laura. But before we do all that, uh, we want to let uh, some of our podcast guests and video guests and stuff um, just get to know a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about Laura. <laughs> All right. So my name is Laura Driver. I do live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I am married to a minister and author. We have a beautiful 12-year-old daughter who is starting middle school this year. Help me, Jesus. And um, I have been in the healthcare industry for um, over 20 years. I'm a nurse by degree, but my master's is in uh, healthcare administration and I work in the healthcare IT field. Oh, okay. Awesome. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So, you, so you've been a little busy the last few months, huh? Just a little <laughs> bit busy. <laughs> well, that makes me say thank you even more for being on with us today. I know you got things going on, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting time to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So, Laura, what is your what is your uh, type and subtype? That's kind of what we're starting with everybody. All right. So, I am a type two, and I am a social subtype. Okay. Okay. Oh, type twos in the house. We we, we have a lot of type twos in our world in our circle, I guess. Yeah, um, in our we, circle, we we know we know several type twos, and um, yeah, we're the people who get it done. That's, <laughs> that's right, right. Uh, that's what my my dad is a two, and then a lot of the people on our worship team are twos. Just in our in our church circles, twos are kind of we we have quite a few twos, so. Uh, we're pretty heavy, heavy on twos and sixes, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. In our that circle. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm married to a counterphobic six. So uh, <laughs> and understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. So as we're getting to know you a little bit, Laura, what is a uh, musical artist? That's a question I have for you. What are your top three or even this is a question. See me and Justin talk about this a little bit. There's your mm-hmm. top three artists or the three you're currently listening to the most. You can pick whichever one of those you and want. I will judge you by your answer. <laughs> oh wow. Um, wow, this is gonna be kind of uh, diverse. So first of all, anything like nineties, you know, throwback nineties. <laughs> Hip hop playlist on. top forty. Come That's on. my jam um, <laughs> right now. So I'm currently listening to uh, Taylor Swift's new album. Really, really like that. And folklore. Um, it's a little different. It's a little more mellow, not so poppy, um, kind of folksy. So I love that. I'm also really digging Maverick City music. Mm-hmm. Their worship albums, all yeah. of them, just kind of have them all kind of in in uh, repeat. Um, and then anything Shane and Shane I love and then Shane and Shane actually just because you know they're prolific and they release stuff all the time and so they just released kind of a um what for us would be sort of like worship throwback stuff from the 90s and so it's really really um interesting and they they did some unique spins on it. So, uh, really diverse, but yeah, if you listen to like my exercise playlist, you're going to find everything from like, you know, the beastie boys to, Come on. um, journey. So yeah, all over the map. <laughs> I, now journey, you got me, you got my attention. That's my kind of music there. 
I love 90s as well. So when you said 90s, I was like, man, I'm thinking there's so much you could say you yeah. could, from a hip hop perspective, but oh, then man. like Alice in Chains and then in the like, early 90s stuff. And I mean, that's just yeah. such a great decade. All the things as we've been listening to, uh, you know, some like online streaming music, what we've really realized, especially with a young preteen in the house is that, wow, our music from the nineties was kind of sort of filthy. And we didn't know it because, you know, I didn't have like a CD player in my car and stuff. I wasn't cool. Everything was on the radio. So it was the clean version of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, Oh, wow. I didn't know it said that. Yeah, yeah, that was not the word they used when I listened to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I feel that. Justin, we joke around it all the time because people will walk through the hallways of our church and our offices. And, and when I'm in study mode, I have to listen to music. So my I have to keep my subconscious brain active right. with music. It's always instrumentals and stuff. Uh, and I mean, the Chronic album instrumental is on there. <laughs> like, <laughs> So people will walk through the hallway he's like is that forgot about dre and it's like yeah brad's studying don't worry about it so yeah it's all right <laughs> jesus understands he really does right 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 yeah. so um i'm redeeming it in the name of jesus i don't think that's, that's right. true but whatever yeah. so at least it's the instrumental yeah no well yeah, it's yeah, the it yeah I, could you imagine <laughs> typing a sermon out to that uh so yeah yeah yeah. and so okay that's cool and what is your what's your favorite food what do yeah. you eat when you if it's your choice Ooh, if it's my choice, probably Indian. Really? really? Oh, yeah. Give me okay. some tikka masala, some butter chicken, some mm. tandoori, anything. I'm, I'm down. Oh, oh <laughs> is, wow. Is there some good Indian spots in Nashville? So we have a Indian fusion restaurant by a really uh, kind of popular restaurateur. He's been, you know, uh, featured in a lot of the like gourmet magazine, up and coming chefs, that kind of thing. And it's called Showan Ale and Masala House. And so it's like a good intro to Indian for people who may not be like into Indian because it is fusion. Oh man, it's my favorite. Listen, no. when we go to Nashville, we're that, going. Yeah, that sounds good. We're foodies, so like that yeah. sounds. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's up yeah. my alley. That sounds fantastic. Dope, dope. Well, cool. Well, um, Laura, why don't you, as we're going to get into, uh, you know, talking about your type and uh, let's talk about like, what was your journey in finding the Enneagram? Kind of like, how do we got, sure. how we got there? So, I, you know, I heard about the Enneagram kind of anecdotally and sort of on the periphery for, for several years. Um, I, I really enjoy an author by the name of Shauna Nequist. Um, her, she's kind of a grew up in a large evangelical church and kind of has had a, a, a journey of her own. Um, and she had referenced the Enneagram in a lot of books, didn't really understand it. Then um, one of our pastoral assistants about, oh, I don't know, six or seven years ago, actually um, really did a deep dive into the Enneagram. And so he was, you know, kind of sharing his insights with all of us. And then, you know, just kind of following along sort of some popular authors, podcasters, Annie F. Downs, other people got introduced to Beth McCord. Um, she's known as your Enneagram coach. Yeah. Uh, and then started really doing a deep dive with some uh, kind of Enneagram masters, Suzanne Stabile, Ian Cron. They both have really excellent, you know, resources. Started reading books and uh, along the way decided I was going to rope my husband into the journey and make him listen to all the things and do all the things. And so after he and I both sort of settled in on our types um, through, through reading and other things, had a lot of really interesting discussions, really started realizing how instrumental it was um, in giving us a common shared language in our marriage mm. to talk about some things and then decided, you know what, we do so much uh, premarital counseling, just couples counseling. We were in youth ministry and then college and career ministry um, oh, yeah. for over a decade and how beneficial it would have been for us to have this kind of common language and, and reference point. I decided, you know what, this is something I want to do. It's something I want to be able to use uh, with people and so decided to go down the certification path. So did you and your husband, did you take any type of test way prior than, than the certification, you know, time you got to the IEQ and all that? Yeah, 
We had, and I had even done some paid versions of some things online. Um, you know, I think that pretty much anybody with any sort of level of expertise will tell you that, you know, the five minute freebie or whatever is probably <laughs> not crap. your best bet it's and crap. can yeah. actually be a little unhelpful in the fact that it sort of like lays you out. Like you might be this or this or this. That, I think that it could be. That's my gripe really, with all those. Yeah. yeah really dangerous and difficult for people. So that's kind of my goal right now is kind of to help people. Um, you know, I have a lot of in my circle, I'll see things like, Oh, I'm a seven with a three wing. And I'm like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. just kind of helping, you know, helping people, helping people through that. So yeah. that's kind of why I went to the class and decided to get certified. And, you know, for me, because I'm in a very corporate world, you know, adjacent to what I do in ministry, I really wanted to be able to use it in the corporate space too. And that's why I chose, you know, integrative nine because of the respect that it has in the secular realm, you know, and, and can translate that into ministry. Sure. Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, that is my gripe as well with, mm-hmm. with some of the, even the, even some of the, the less expensive than the, than the IEQ nine, you know, questionnaire and test. But, um, I, we were talking with Michelle in episode two, uh, how I find some of those, not that they're bad, but I find them incomplete. And we were talking about subtypes, how right. incredibly helpful learning about subtypes was. Yeah, and, you got countertypes and all that stuff, you know? R- so. Right. So sometimes, right. like you say, it's like, well, you test as this and they give you like a point scale of you 31 and you're a nine, but you had 30. Uh, you know, 30 as this type. So then they don't know right. what they are. I mean, there's a coffee shop we go to once a week and we mess with some of the people that work in there and got to know some of the, the girls that work there and everything. And, and, um, I was talking to one of the girls this past week and she, she posted something on Instagram. It was like a, um, a meme from a, you know, on her story. Um, so I asked her at the coffee shop, I was like, are you into the Enneagram? She was like, Oh yeah, I love it. And I was like, what, what, you know, what's your type? And she was like, I'm a four and a seven. <laughs> I, I said, how are you both? She was like, I just am. I was like, okay. Uh, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even go down. just like, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, when I say not in the same lane, I mean, not in the not same, in the same <laughs> right. lane. I was like, yeah, so it's not exactly. like, it's, it's not, not like a three and an eight. Right. You know? it's, it's, so she was like, I'm a four and a seven. I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, uh, all yeah. right. Uh, good yeah. to see you. You know, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to say. I was like, right. You know, yeah. look, how, how's that latte coming? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, I like that. that yeah. That's that, you know, I found it and then I never wanted, I never thought about being certified. We were, we were joking, you know, we showed up to the the training in Atlanta, you know, we all come in this room on the first day and, and I'm thinking, you, you know, in the corporate world, you've been to trainings and seminars and leadership things and all these type of things. And you walk in thinking, okay, we're going to learn about the Enneagram and walk out of here equipped. And then it's like, you know, three hours in, it's like, oh crap, this is, this is like group this therapy. Is a lot. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. this is uh, <laughs> like, w- w- what did we do here? <laughs> yeah. It's a really unique experience. You know, I walked away from it um, and it was interesting. So during that uh, particular week of training, we had, uh, we had had some just personal kind of like disasters the week before. And then while I was in training, I think on like Wednesday afternoon, my boss had texted me and said, I know you're away, but Hey, I need you to dial into this call. And then I found out we were doing a huge reduction in force Ooh. at work. And so I had to go through like the process of dealing with some, you know, individuals that I'm responsible for and like picking up some work and, and different things. So it was a little crazy to be, so, and you guys will understand this, and especially as a two, because I feel everybody else's feelings yeah. as well. That room was so heavy in yeah. a lot of ways and so great in a lot of ways, but it was not like walking into a corporate training session or even, you know, like a professional session for nurses. Like, okay, I'm going to walk away and know more about congestive heart failure. Like I walked away and knew more about myself, but more about, I think the other types, which I think is such the gift of the Enneagram. It really allows you, um, grace for the people around you and, and, mm. and helps you relate to the people around you even more so. I mean, it's so beneficial for personal growth, but I think just understanding how other people relate to the world. But yeah, it was like the weirdest <laughs> mix of like some intense, deep yeah. group therapy, <laughs> recovery. You know what you I know, compare and- it to? I compare it to a youth camp. Yes. Where you go <laughs> and you build these relationships in four days, but it, you feel like you've known these people for, for your whole your life. whole life i mean to this day we're we're in a group text it's me and brad and, and uh, trevor and jim and yeah. kamala and jade 
and Aaron, we're in a group text that we probably, you know, not constant, but yeah. once every week or two, we drop okay, in. Okay, well, now the social two feels a little left out. We'll add you, hey, we'll add you. We'll add you in. Yeah, we'll <laughs> add you. No, no, listen, we'll add you. Um, but, uh, like, we, I think that on Wednesday night, you know, the third night, we all went to dinner. Um, it was, it without you, yeah, Trevor and Aaron. Trevor wasn't there. there, but it was me and Brad, Kamala, Jade, and Jim, and yeah. we we went to dinner. Right. And, Which but, that was interesting. It was, it, it was but it's like you it feel so like fun. we felt like that we knew these people a long time. Oh, you know, yeah. even that the, the Thursday afterwards, we after met class, we yeah. met up at this little restaurant because we had we hours to kill yeah. before getting to the airport. So we were all there. Michelle came, and then we rode to the airport mm-hmm. together. It was like. It, it was and I, it, the only thing I can compare it to that I know of is I equate it almost to how youth camp is you take these teenagers Monday they're all strangers but by Thursday Friday it's like they've built these these friendships that you know can last well, and, and I think we got I think we got forced I, I don't know if force is, a, <clears throat> is the right word but I you know for lack of a better word we all got forced into really bearing our soul uh, in ways that no, we, I don't think we were prepared for. Um, and then by default, here are all of these people who are kind of experiencing very similar emotions, um, about their, about their own personal discovery and what it's bringing up in them and just all these other things. Um, and so I think, I think it just gave us this very high level of comfort to kind of just be like, well, I mean, we're already here. So like, <laughs> here's my life problems, you know, like, yeah, I think you and I connected in a big way when we were talking about like just our past and kind of what we've come through in the church world in particular. Absolutely. And yeah. we were like, like, we're like, oh, wow. Like we've, we've run a very similar race. Uh, yeah. In, in navigating Com- you know, Kamala too. I still think almost every day about her talking about how now that she's drawn to the smells and bells, you know, (laughs) as opposed to kind of our, uh, you know, really evangelical upbringing, kind of that shift into liturgy and things. So yeah, I think about it all the time. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so it was, I think the whole thing was just, uh, it, it was number one. I mean, it was awesome experience, but, um, you mentioned something earlier that I was curious about when you said that someone was like, I'm a, you know, something, some wing three, you know, do you feel the need to like correct everything you hear when people are talking about the Enneagram? Like, okay. So well, that's, you know, a, that's, I do being, have asked, a, that's being asked by an eight. Yeah, right. yeah. So here's the, here's the problem. Okay. Number one, you know, I moved to eight when I'm super stressed. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, anyway, but you know, I do obviously have that one wing and that three wing. And so, yes, both of them compel me to correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see stuff on Enneagram and people are like, I'm a one wing two. And I'm like, well, you're a one maybe. But you, have, you know, it's like, I feel like coaching everyone all the time. It's like, well, yeah. the wings, you know, it's like trying to like walk. <laughs> I find myself doing that constantly, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Although I will tell you, you know, one of the personal journeys for a two is to grow um, in not helping everyone, especially <laughs> when they don't ask for or want or need your help. Um, so I am trying to tamp down on the, the like the urge and just instantly jumping in uh, and, and being, you know, saying, you know, if you'd like to discuss this more with me, I'd be happy to talk to you about it and kind of opening the door, but letting them walk through it versus just, you know, going in <laughs> like a, a bullet into a China shop, which is um, sometimes what I am known to do. I think the thing about um, integrative nine that I appreciate so much and that was so beneficial to me. And, you know, as I did more of a move from a surface understanding to kind of a deeper understanding is really understanding that subtype and how that subtype has such a deeper play, even than the wings in, in a lot of ways, totally you know, the agree. emphasis, and I think in our meme-driven Twitter world where we want to really, you know, quippy answer and, you know, a real behavior-focused answer that really isn't looking at motivations, it's real easy to point to one of those wings and just kind of sing yep. it off and be done with it. But that, um, the subtype stacking, I think, is is probably and we're where gonna, I have really grown the most. I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And we're, we're going to do some deep dives and some episodes on, you know, on uh, subtypes, on lines and, the, and these things too. Because uh, yeah. I agree. So what I want to do, Laura, is uh, for, for those maybe who um, are listening to our podcast that maybe, you know, any game's completely new to them. I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of read the description of what sure. a two is. And then I just want to hear you maybe... Uh, 
how that resonates or i mean you you know that but let's let's just for the for the listener out there you know the enneagram type two is called the the considerate helper uh they have a motivational need to be liked and appreciated twos value relationships and as a result kindness generosity and self-sacrifice are important to them to strive to make the world a more loving place primarily by offering support and attention to those they care about and at their best twos are unconditionally supportive able to practice self-care and offer the gift of humility to themselves and the world around them that's pretty powerful i mean it definitely resonates and i think those are um you know, it's funny, even listening to the description of the two, uh, there's parts of me that go, oh, I don't live up to that. I need to do better. <laughs> right, I need right. to give more. <laughs> I need to do more. Um, you know, I think that you read there, you kind of stopped with, you know, at their best. Um, and I think that certainly that's, yes, at their best. But Oh, I keep going if you want. <laughs> yeah, there is probably, and I'll tell you, to be gut honest with you, I really, really, um, vacillated between a couple of numbers, you know, really doing it, you know, from an oral tradition and learning until somebody along the way, and I don't remember where I heard it. They were like, you will know when you feel like you've been punched in the gut. Yeah. And when um, I was listening to somebody do sort of a deep dive into the, at their worst or at a place of unhealth, mm. the description of the two and you know, in that moment of like true, like being honest with myself, I mean, it left me in tears and I was like, well, crap. And (laughs) that's just, you know, so I think that that's really important for people um, to understand is like when you hear the, oh, the sort of Mimi descriptions or even the at your best, you know, descriptions, you're going to identify with, oh yes, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm this. And then when it, it gets to the at your worst or in places of unhealth, you go, Oh well, yeah, that's me. That's a real good indicator. You've landed on the right spot. Yeah. I saw a meme on Instagram the other day. It was about three. I'm a type three. And the the first, it was the guy, he had like this big smile on face. And it was like, when you find out type three is called the competitive achiever, you smile. And the next is like, the face was sheer terror. And it says, when you read, when you actually read what a three is, you know, it's like just sheer, <laughs> yeah. sheer terror. So I, I'll continue though to, to that point, sure. you know, less healthy twos may seem flattering and manipulative as they give to get motivated by a deep belief that they don't deserve to be loved for who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where um, I think it really resonated with me. And of course, you know, the vice of a two is pride. And on the surface, you think that's so antithetical, right? Because how could you be prideful and so giving and so generous (laughs) and so loving? But the pride part comes in is because, you know, the, the two really thinks that they can't have needs and that they can't have places where they're um, even not successful because when I'm at my best, I am giving, 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 which means that I'm not getting at all. And that's a place of pride because what that says to the world is I don't need you and I don't need your help or anybody's help. I'm quite you know, perfectly capable of taking care of not only my needs, but everybody else's needs around me. And of course that isn't true. And uh, I think for me, the, really the, the realization of the give to get was so powerful because you start to realize that you do things so very subtly. Things like, for example, I might pick up the phone and go, hey, Brad, I was just thinking about you today. Hope you're doing well. What was really going on is, ooh, I was super lonely and feeling really disconnected from the world. (laughs) So the way... To the way to reach out is to go, hey, oh, Justin, you know, man, I really miss you. I think we should get together and have coffee. What I should say is, hey, Justin, I'm really lonely right now and struggling. I go get coffee. But what a two does is makes it about the other person. And you don't even realize that you're doing it. The manipulation can be, it can be insidious, right? I mean, it can be in a very, in a place of real unhealthy um, aspects. You could go to a real strict manipulation, but most of the time it's this real subtle kind of shift there where you're just reaching out to connect, but you're doing it from a place of like, false, like, oh my gosh, I want to take care of your needs instead of, hey, I'm just, I, I need somebody to listen to me and take care of me. Yeah. And I, I can resonate as a three with that term manipulate because 
it, I, I was having a conversation just the other day with someone. They were asking me about a three and, and even myself. And there were some things that are so you don't even realize you're doing it. You know, like as a three, I was really good when I was back in, in the sales world. And, right. you know, the three, the, chamele- the, the, the chameleon, you adapt to the room. I mean, that just made you that made me good in sales. And, and the question was like, you don't even know you do it, do you? And I was like, I, I don't. And it's, it's not intentionally trying to manipulate someone. Right. Um, and, and so as a, as I've learned more about my type, it's like, even in my role in leadership and in the church, like I surely don't want to be manipulating someone. There's some things that you don't even, you don't even realize. And I'd be, I'd be curious from you, like here in that last you know, that the, about less healthy twos, that they're motivated by a deep belief that they don't deserve to be loved for who they are. What would you say to a two as a Christian who is trying to reconcile this, that there's this loving God who loves me and it's created me, but with this deep down belief sometimes that you're not worthy of love for who you are. What would you say to that? You know, I would just say that, number one, remember that Christ came, uh, you know, to provide for all of us, all nine types, right? Yes. And, and we're not excluded from that. And the realization that God does not need you to do anything. His purposes in his kingdom is going to be fulfilled, whether you help him out or not. Granted, he has given each of us a purpose and a passion and a place to serve the world, but we cannot do that at the expense of taking ownership for God's sovereignty and God's place in doing that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need me to fix it for him, to do it for him. If I do not show up at every church event, at every, you know, food pantry, at Mm -hmm. every backpack program, at every whatever, God's purpose will still be fulfilled whether I'm there or not. And letting myself off the hook for that frees me up to God's grace and his love, which ultimately will free me up for that from other people people. Because it's not really that we're even not just worthy of love. It's that we're only worthy of love when we're doing for everybody else. And so that's whether that's God, whether that's my family, whether that's my friends and, and just realizing that, Hey, whether I do this or not, God says I'm enough. He -hmm. created me as his child. I'm an image bearer of Christ. And that is enough. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Michelle said in episode two that you'll remember this from our training. It's like, you are not your type. That's right. And and for Christians, that's, it's even more so important to, to be aware of that fact, you know, that you're, you're not your type. You are Laura. You're not a type two. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things you mentioned, Laura, is really powerful. And I think that to really grab, I think twos do well to grab a hold of it. And I would be curious to hear your input as the two, right? That's why we want you on. (laughs) Like you tell (laughs) us, right. Uh, um, Is that healthy twos are the twos that help themselves become healthy. Like, I think it's this perpetuating cycle. Like uh, when you see a healthy two and you as a, uh, as a type two, um, you're at your best when you're giving yourself space to become your best. And I think the natural tendency, correct me if I'm wrong, for a two is I'm at my best when I'm helping others. But That's it's, right. it's really, I'm at my best when I'm the healthiest. And when I'm the healthiest, I can actually be better for others. But the, the thing is, is the, the twos that I've noticed, they run their tank out trying to be everything or everyone, not realizing that they need to fill their own tank. So, I mean, you can speak to that. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think the term self-care has gotten a little bit of an overuse and a bad rap. Um, But for twos, it's really important. Uh, You know, I'm a social two. I really am. And I'm an extrovert by nature. So I am one of these people who I get energy from other people, which means then as a two, I get energy, you know, especially more by helping other people, but realizing that I cannot say yes to everything. Yeah. I cannot be spread so thin that I am running myself into the dirt trying to serve everybody because ultimately I will let somebody down in that being spread so thin. And that's like the ultimate for a two, like, oh my gosh, I have failed you. Therefore all is lost. You know, the friendship is over. You no longer love me. It is, you know, learning how to say no has probably been the biggest gift. And I didn't get really, really good at it until honestly, maybe the last five years of saying, you know what, I can't add that to my calendar right now. And that is okay. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. 
No, I think I think that's key, and that's what I, I think some some twos can be helpful. I, the one I think the twos that we most commonly um, work with on a on a regular basis, um, I see it on behalf of the organization a lot. So I sure. see you know whether it's their workplace or whether it's the church or whatever the case may be. Um, the one the ones we interact with the most, I think I see it more dominantly in their personal relationships. So I think it. I, I feel like I've seen some of our type twos, at least that we're close to, they've been able to start putting no's on the organization, but they haven't started putting no's on personal relationships yet. Mm. Um, yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll very quickly say, I can't do that um, at the church or the, this event or the backpack giveaway or the whatever. Um, but man, if the, if there's a person they're close to, I mean, they'll just, you know, I don't need to sleep for four days. You know what I mean? Let me just be everywhere. You know, like what is a shower? Don't need a shower. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> mentality. Right. Well, and that's especially hard, I think, for the one-to-one subtype. Yeah. You know, because they value those one-to-one relationships so much that that is a harder place to put boundaries. And I think that's probably true of all types, but especially that particular uh, subtype, because those um, individual and deep interpersonal relationships are so very important. But, you know, I think for all twos, even if they're putting no's on their organization, that's a healthy first step, mm-hmm. you know, and the personal relationship and the personal growth will come if they continue down that path, I think, but, you know, saying no anywhere is a good first step for a two, because our, our natural inclination is just to say yes, without hesitation to insert ourselves where we may not even be wanted or needed just because we value participating and giving. So I do think that at any place they can say, no, it is, it's a good first step. Right on. So how do you, how have you been since, especially since November being, you know, through the training and um, with, with your being a licensed, you know, practitioner and how, how are you using the Enneagram right now as a tool? Well, obviously still using it for personal growth. That's, you know, the one thing that I tell people is that this tool is really about growth. Unlike, you know, and and so many other tools are so helpful, you know, whether it's Strength Finders or Myers-Briggs or, you know, any of those things, very, very important. But a lot of the times you're left with a, okay, you are this or you do this. (laughs) And my question is always, well, now what? Like that, that leaves me sort of like, okay, well, you know, I already knew this about myself. Tell me how to do something different. And the Enneagram really allows for that. Uh, right now, we are actually in a in another season where it seems like there's a lot of uh, new blossoming relationships and uh, engagements and things happening around us. So using it uh, quite a bit in, in gifting it to people as uh part of their premarital counseling mm-hmm. that we're doing. Um, I just this week got to use it uh, with my niece in a new relationship that she's in. And that was really interesting for me because uh, they both ended up being a self-preservation subtype. Mm. And so it allowed them to really, really connect on a few things, even though their numbers were very different. But interestingly enough, um, you it actually gave me some points to really talk them through as, as points of caution because that particular subtype, you know, can have some nuances towards towards uh, really being concerned with material security, possessions, other things that could be a stumbling block and a little bit of a red flag, you know, moving through the relationship. So being able to talk about that, I have a really, really good friend that for, she's been kind of on this journey with me, uh, really convinced all along from an oral standpoint that she was definitely a one, you know, some of the, the smaller tests pointed her in, in that direction. We went through the, uh, IEQ nine and really did a deep dive, asked some clarifying questions. And yes, in fact, she is actually an eight, not a one. And so that's been a real interesting journey to like watch that kind of revelation open up some things for her that she was like, Oh yeah, this now makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, no doubt. And I think that's huge. We we use it in, in very similar circles. We use it, we have a marriage small group, so we use it in our marriage small group. Um, you know, stuff like that. What I, uh, some, uh, some of the marriage counseling we're doing right now, about half of them, uh, we have their Enneagram information and, and I'll be just completely honest. The couples that we have their Enneagram information that we're counseling and 
and we are able in half the time able to help them better than couples that we don't have that information because as you know there's so much trying to get to the bottom like getting to the bottom of why this husband may think this way or why this wife may think this way when we have that data um it's so much easier to just say like hey have you thought of this uh hey mrs so-and-so uh this you know when this happened uh, was this how you were feeling and they go i haven't been able to put words to it but yes and you're like so we're just able to speed up that process. So there's so much value in it, just like you were saying. Yeah, I think whether it's, you know, and again, back to any tool is a good tool if used properly, whether it's five love languages or whether it's the Enneagram, giving people just that common language to yeah. use mm-hmm. allows you to, like you said, really refine and hone in so much more quickly because it's a shared language and you're not trying to like cut through what somebody actually means when they say X, Y, and Z. Yes. If they've got the common language, then they can say this is where I'm really, you know, struggling or this is why I feel that way. And it makes so much more sense for my husband and I take the Enneagram layer just completely off of it. Just learning the head, heart and gut triads (laughs) and our differences there gave us such quick common language when he realized, oh my gosh, all this time when you tell me I feel, I feel, I feel, he interprets that as what I think. And I'm like, "Mm." no, I feel that. I don't think that. I haven't even got to thinking yet. Yeah. And he's a think first person. Yes, Lord. And his feelings come much later. And so honestly, I mean, we've been married for 20 years in September. Like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I can say this and this probably my pride side, but we have a fantastic, wonderful marriage. But just learning the triads has elevated our expression of what we are doing thinking and feeling in any given moment, giving common shared language to that. And we can move to resolution and solution so much faster. That's so awesome. It cuts through, uh, the word popping in my head is like the noise of even your, your definition of a term may be different than my definition of a term. Just like you said, with the thinking and feeling and it kind of cuts through all that and gives everyone a baseline, gives everyone a, a, like you said, a common language. I think it's so helpful. I can, I can just picture I'm not married. Um, but I can imagine this, this tool being so helpful, just like it is for you guys in in that regard. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so Laura, some of the questions I have is what, are there any particular blind spots when you look at the type two that you're like, Oh, I, I, that is so me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I live in that ditch. You know what I mean? Like, is, (laughs) is there a space that the blind spots like for you or out of because you're a type two and I'm sure you know other type twos is there common blind spots that you're like man we could as type twos really do good to pay attention to this space yeah I think we've already talked about it but really that give to get that subtle manipulation um slowing down enough to recognize that in yourself then allows you to recognize when you need to step back and uh either take some time for self-care or be honest and vulnerable enough to reach out to somebody for, you know, just to say how you're actually feeling. So I think that would be, um, certainly number one that, that give to get, I think the other thing is to very, um, the, the resentment and knowing that resentments are building because that's a huge blind spot for twos. Twos are generally so, I mean, by and large, pretty good natured because they're so giving and helpful, right? People like them. People want to be around them. So then when the two has reached their like boiling point of, oh my gosh, I've taken on so much. You don't appreciate me. And now I'm feeling resentful. I mean, you better watch out because it is a volcano that is going (laughs) to erupt. And so recognizing when those resentments are building is a really um, powerful blind spot that twos Mm. can pay uh, attention to. And I will tell you that in, in my own personal life, the place that that has freed me up the most is that because I am a two and because I am very giving. It is very uh, easy to judge others and the way they love you back by the type that you are. So I would get very, very frustrated when 
deep personal friendships wouldn't, for example, plan the wonderful surprise birthday party for me or mm. plan this amazing event or do, you know, whatever the thing was, because what I was really wanting was somebody to love me the way I was loving everybody else. So that was a resentment that was building. Yeah. And that is a huge resentment for twos. When I was able to finally realize, Hey, they're loving me and they're loving me in the way they're capable of and in the way they're made to love me. That freed me up from those resentments mm. and it allowed the friendships to take on such a deeper meaning and such a like healthier place. And really they weren't carrying that problem. I was, it was mm. my resentment, not their issue. And so again, going back to that, the Enneagram giving you grace for other people, it's a blind spot for my type, but knowing that and, and like accepting that truly freed my relationships up and opened them up in a way that had I not known the Enneagram, I think some of those friendships would have already ended because the resentment would have built to the point that that I would have walked away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. No, I get that. And I think, I think one of the things you mentioned, which is really key, even though you're talking from a type two perspective, so my wife is a five, I'm an eight. Uh, and so uh, we live in this very interesting space. But one of the things you were talking about um, is, so anytime, I'm a, I'm a big gun person here in Nashville. So maybe you can appreciate this. Uh, I'm a big gun person. So I have lots of guns, you know, ammunition, that whole thing. I'm not a prepper, but I am prepared, if that makes sense. <laughs> so. I, to I totally get it. Uh May or may not be a good time. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you understand. So, um, but one of the things that happens, you know, anytime the world starts to get crazy, I immediately go into this, like I go inventory my ammunition, you know? And I, <laughs> so, and I, I have more than a few rounds at any given time. So, um, you know, in the thousands. So I'm that, I am that kind of guy. So, but anytime things get crazy, um, I would go tell my wife, like, Hey, I'm going to go to the store and just see what I can pick up. And she's like, there's no way you need more ammunition right now. And I'm like, but I do. And for the longest time, she didn't understand why that mattered to me. And we're talking about common language. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about those things. And one of the things that she started to realize is I don't just want to buy them because I want to buy them. I actually want to buy them because that's my protection for her. Like if something ever popped off now, of course I'm not a conspiracy. Well, I am a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but I'm not that person that thinks that we're constantly on the verge of like, you know, people trying to take our guns or whatever all the time. So, but I am, I, but it, it is one of those things where it's like, man, if something happened, I need to be able to protect. I need to be able like, I, I'm never going to allow myself to not be in a position where I can take care of not just me, but also my wife who I love. Um, and so common language, she started to understand number one in stress. Um, I, I'm in this five world also. So that's pretty special. And I told her, I was like, my brain goes to this place where it starts to reel, um, quietly when I'm on the couch and I'm not talking and I'm very much look like you actually, uh, <laughs> where uh, I'm in my own little quiet space. My brain is reeling and I'm starting to stress and I'm starting to create a game plan of what I need to do to take care of you better. Right. And it has created a common language. And again, it's helped her understand that I don't just want to go do these things because it seems like a good idea. I actually want to do these things because I want to take better care of her um, right. and protect our house and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, however, well, and far it's your way of exerting control on the situation. Right, right, right. And <laughs> however far-fetched that concept may seem to people, right. that's where my head is. Uh, sure. And so, yeah, no, I just think I was speaking to your, the common language thing and helping people understand, um, you know, that I, that's my way that I, one of the ways that I love my wife as an eight is protecting her. I have to protect Absolutely. Like, no one will ever, it's not just like, yeah, like I'm going to make sure it's like, there's an, there is an aggressive side of like, I will ensure that no one will ever be able to, you know, whatever. Um, and so once she kind of found that out, she's seeing like, Oh, this is how you're actually loving me by doing right. this. And that was a very interesting portion of conversation for the two of us. And I thought it was interesting. You were talking about as a two, Oh, that's how you're loving. Like I'm showing love. And that reciprocation effect looks differently right. as an eight, the way I would love and cherish even a friendship or whatever. Sure. It's going to look so much different. Like I'm not planning great parties. Like you were saying, like that's not even, 
I don't even celebrate my own birthday. You know what I mean? Like, so like, <laughs> let alone someone else's, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, but for you, my two friends, I, they have to understand, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not just being a jerk. Like, I don't celebrate my birthday. You think I remembered yours? Like, I don't, that's, I don't live in that space. Right. Meanwhile, all my two friends, like I come into my, my desk, has six cards on it and like gifts. Exactly. And, gift card, and I'm like, man, you guys are y'all think about this you know like yeah. there's a, a meme that justin and i share me and my wife share it often uh do you ever do you watch the new girl on netflix i don't Zoe i know what it know? is but i don't see it yeah. yeah so there's two characters uh to type them the main character uh jess is definitely a two and she has a roommate that's either an eight or a three i can't quite figure it out um but there's like a meme and it's like she's like oh, she's like talking about someone's what they're going through and he's like do you just walk around all day thinking about other people's feelings and she's like yes don't you and he's like no <laughs> that sounds yeah. exhausting she's like it is <laughs> yeah and it, i will say that it is exhausting um it's interesting you know even uh, especially being in a ministry role you know i can walk into church well not currently we're not walking into church here <laughs> but um in a normal situation you know walk into church and by the time i've hit the door I can already, I know who's having a bad morning, who's like not, and part of it, you know, you couple that with me being a nurse, like I can tell who's not feeling well, like, and it's just all the feelings. And honestly, this whole COVID and pandemic situation, I'm feeling everybody's feelings all the time. And there have been a lot of days where I'm like, I cannot feel one other person's feelings because if I do, I'm, I'm like going to go into like a catatonic, like just rock back and forth and put the covers <laughs> over my head. Cause it's overwhelming trying to not only make sense of your own feelings, make sense of everybody else's feelings. And then for a two, it's really important that we balance everybody else's feelings. So like if you and Justin were having conflict and I was in the room with you, I'd be like feeling both of your feelings and also trying to like mediate your feelings towards each other and just keep everything in balance and harmony. And that's, it can be pretty darn exhausting at it, times. That sounds exhausting. It's, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm the, you know, I'm, I, as a release, I go to a two. So sure. I'm, I'm pretty similar as an eight when I'm doing well and I'm going to releasing stress and when I'm paying attention to others, I, I can understand that. Uh, I don't think Justin doesn't, uh, I'm, I'm the feel, I'm the feeling person on the, in the, on staff. Justin is the thinking pastor. I'm the feeling pastor. If you will, that sounds very weird. Uh, yeah. Don't write, don't write emails. Uh, but so I'm, I'm understand what you're saying. I could walk past someone and, and, and when I'm healthy and when I'm channeling releasing stress, I can see that I can see like, Hey, that person, like, come here, let me talk to you for like, how are you doing? Are you okay? So, I mean, I, I that's when I'm in my two line was when I'm in that space over there. So I totally, uh, I totally get that. But, and I don't like when people do that to me. Yeah. Justin, I don't, I don't want to be coddled. Justin says, yeah, I don't, well, I almost feel like it's not, and it, it's so weird. It's, and that's the, the, probably the bad part of the, the, the unhealthy part of the three. It's like, even if I was having a bad day, I don't, I don't think it's your role to try to make it better. You know what right. I mean? Like the, when the, if the two comes in like, Hey, how's it going? And all the questions and trying to make, it's like, I, I don't even want that. Like maybe today's just not the day, but I, I'm just, today's an off day. I think it's cool. Like tomorrow will be an on day. Like, <laughs> well, yes, because tomorrow I will be back to achieving and winning and everything. <laughs> yeah, right, will be right, wonderful. Right, exactly. right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get it. You get yeah. it. No. So let me, let me ask you this, uh, Laura, as we, uh, kind of not at the end, but coming to the close of, of our podcast today, um, the lines, I think the lines for every type is pretty easy to figure out. Sure. I think the two, with the four line, it's probably one of the harder um, elements to figure out, mainly because I think for a lot of people, a four has a, a little bit of a negative connotation, which that's not sure. true. They just can, in, in an unhealthy state, they can have that. Um, but w- walk me through, I think the two with the eight line under stress makes a lot of sense. And, and Ava, let me just interrupt real fast. For those maybe who are this is their first episode listening, Let's just explain the lines a little bit. Yeah. So we all have a stress line and a release line. Yes. So when we're stressed, we can go for, so Laura, as a two, when she's stressed, we go to an eight. When she's releasing stress, we go to a four. And if you read up on a four and the intense creative, uh, intense emotions and some of those things can be part of that. So I am curious from your perspective as an educated two, what it looks like when you go to this four space as a release of stress, um, when a four G 
generally is a pretty intense type of position. So what, how, what does that look like for you? Well, I think it's important, you know, to remember that you, I almost kind of think about it sometimes in terms of like fight and flight, you know, from a biologic standpoint, um, we have those responses. And so sometimes, you know, you'll move from an eight to four, so you can kind of go either place. It, we do have a stretch and a release, but you can sort of move back and forth between those because again, the stress might get so high that you need to tamp down that stress, right? And so you move the other direction. By the same token, sometimes what we, stress just has a bad connotation. We think of it as a bad thing, but sometimes stress can be like a motivator. Think of it like in terms of like athletics, like, oh, you're down by 15 or whatever. And the stress of that situation is the little boost you need to actually yeah. perform better. So, that's you know, I, I think that that's important for people to realize. Um, but for me, so the four, and, and I'll be honest, it's a place that I still have a lot of work to do. Uh, it goes back to the two kind of acknowledging their need, I think, for self-care. Because we are so busy feeling everybody else's feelings, what we often don't realize Realize is what we are truly feeling for ourselves, And so going to that place of release for me really looks like sitting, being still, being quiet, um, not distracting myself with everybody else's feelings. And whether that's like doom scrolling on Twitter and, and Facebook <laughs> and Instagram or you know, whatever it is, it, because again, I, not only am I a social too, I'm also an extrovert. And so with anything, you know, the Enneagram is one layer. And I think Justin, you said that earlier, I'm not a two, I'm Laura. Right. And so there's a lot of nuances there. So I'm extroverted. I get my energy from people. I'm a social too, which means I value my place in the world and in, in different relationships. I'm a giver by nature. So to shut all of that down and get really quiet and really still is really, really hard for me because it's really goes against the grain of where I'm naturally inclined to be. And so sitting then with my feelings when I've quieted everything down and I'm realizing how I feel, sometimes those feelings can be really intense and really unpleasant. And the gift of the forest to be able to sit in that mm. and to not shy away from it. I think even, and maybe it's not true all over the world, but I think especially in our American, very Westernized society, you know, we don't even want like grief to go on for very long. We're very quick to try to like move ourselves and other people through grief. And even in the church, like, you know, we're not, we're not real great at that whole lament part. We're real great at the praise part, <laughs> right, not real yes. good at the lament part. And that's really the gift of the four is the ability to kind of be comfortable in that lament, be comfortable with those really deep feelings and not rush out of them to really sit and do the deep dive. I mean, and, you know, from a Christian worldview, of, of course, I think that that's um, a really important work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know, is to, to open ourselves up and to be quiet and to really let those deep feelings come out and recognize them and deal with them and process them. Mm. But it's a real uncomfortable place um, for I think most twos, but especially for this two, I would now listen, I will deal with your bad feelings all day long. <laughs> I will hand you a tissue. I will sit with you for hours on end. I'll bake you six casseroles and clean your house <laughs> while you do all of the processing. And I am there for all of it, but it's a real, real hard place for me to sit and process all of that for myself. Wow. Mm. That's, that's, that's super helpful. <laughs> and I think it's going to be helpful for other two, but it's necessary. With what you were it's, saying. It's absolutely necessary. And honestly, I will find it. Um, the healthy place to be would be to, to go there first. What I typically find for, for me personally is that I've gone all the way through the cycle of I'm either resentful or burnout, angry, whatever. I have now moved into the eight and I am now trying to control everything that I can find to control mm. or at least ordering myself in such a way that nobody else has control over me. I'm doing everything so perfectly and lining it up so right that nobody has the right to question my decision making, question whether or not my work is done, you know, all the things. Mm. And so then I've pushed all the way through that. I'm unable to control everything and something is still off. And then I slide yeah. into the point where I recognize that, whoa, 
I'm way off here and I need to sit and I need to be still. And it usually involves a lot of tears and like verbally vomiting all over my husband. (laughs) And then I can go, you know, shut myself, um, shut myself up in that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's usually what it looks like for me. So it's a, it's a climb all the way up the unhealthy side of the eight and then sliding back down. That's awesome. So we want to hit you before we wrap up today, we want to hit you with a few questions. So the, the one question I have for you, which wing is the easiest for you to access? You know, it depends. And I actually had this conversation um, the other day. What I find is in my personal life, I access the one wing more because that's sort of the black and white. There's a right and wrong way to do things. You know, again, having a biblical worldview, I kind of have a kind of strong moral compass. So personally, I find myself there a little more professionally. I wing a little heavier to the three because man, I can shape shift with the best of them. I can be whatever you need me to be in that moment. I can, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Get it done. Here's the agenda. Here's the report and all of those things. So um, I'm working on doing the three accessing a little bit more in my personal life and, you know, trying to balance that one side a little bit more professionally because because, you know, we want to be a healthy bird and fly equally, not, not one-sided. Cool, cool. All right, so this is what we're doing with a lot of our guests. Uh, I don't know if you follow Enneagram Ashton on Instagram. Uh, I don't know that I follow that one. I follow a ton. She's awesome. She's going to be on one of our future episodes. Uh, we've been talking with her. She's really, she puts out some just really good stuff. Cool. Um, but she has this, uh, for all the types, she has this deal. It says, I'm an Enneagram, you know, whatever type. So in this case, mm-hmm. two. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, w- what we do is we want to do a little gauge. So it's one to five. All right. So one being, no, not really. Five being, that's absolutely me. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. And so there's just a list. So you can just like... In gut instinct response okay. on these. and you can do decimals if you need to Justin <laughs> Justin had to introduce the decimal factor so oh, yeah. like 4.5 that's hilarious around numbers are rookie rookie sport <laughs> <laughs> so, alright so here's your list alright 1 to 5 1 not so much 5 absolutely me okay helpful 5 <laughs> okay empathetic 5 okay. uh, selfless mm, 3 <laughs> okay generous 5 Okay. Volunteer. Five. Uh, supportive. Five. Okay. <laughs> Optimistic. Mm, I consider myself more of a pragmatist, so I'm going to go three. Okay. Uh, kind. Mm, I'm going to go three. I'm not always that kind. Okay. That's that eight, you know. Uh, <laughs> that is. It is for uh, sure. Listener. Five. All right. Uh, hates criticism. Oh, five for sure. <laughs> and twos don't like it, man. We don't, we don't like it when you call us yeah. on our bluff. Um, always there. Five. Okay. Um, open book. Five. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like that's common with all twos? I have a couple twos that I feel like they really seclude their feelings a lot. So I didn't, is that... You know, I I find it really true of social twos and one-to-one twos where I do not see it very much is in the self-pres two. That makes total sense. Okay, cool. Um, Understanding. Mm, Three and a half. I'm going to use Justin's half. Okay, very good. (laughs) Uh, Compassionate. Oh, five. Okay. Uh, Mind reader. Like seven and a half to ten. <laughs> uh, okay, perfect. I went, as soon as I read that, I was like, she was just talking about that when you walk into the door and you can read yeah. the people. Um, the need to please. Four. Okay. Uh, loves people. Five. All right. And a little needy. Uh-huh. Two. Okay. All right. Perfect. Cool. So that's a, that's, that was our a little questionnaire that we're giving all of our guests on the podcast to see how they. So fun. Yeah. 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 So that's from Enneagram Ashton. If you guys want to give her a shout on Instagram, let her know the better today podcast and just she'll love to hear that. Um, so yeah, no, we're, we're super pumped about it. Thank you so much, man. It's, it's awesome. I was so glad you were with us, um, Laura, to share a little bit about the two. Give so give some insight to our to our uh, to our listeners. You know, that's a uh, that's about to wrap up episode four of the Better Today podcast. Laura, where can people find you if they want to hit you up on social or 
anything like sure. that. Sure. Well, I'm uh, help at gmail.com for my email address. So feel free to email me. Absolutely. I am Laura Canada driver on Facebook. The Canada is my maiden name. It's not a reference to the country. <laughs> and uh, I'm Laura driver 77 on Instagram. I will be very honest. I don't do a ton of um, Enneagram stuff on my socials. It's really, truly just my socials. So I keep it true to me and not really my professional life, church life or Enneagram. So it's just me, my hubby and the kids and the dogs. So <laughs> Come on. That's it. That's Come awesome. On. Yeah. So, uh, man, but man, thank you guys so much. Laura, thank you for being on with us today. Uh, Thanks it was, for having me. Yeah. So nice to reconnect. It was. I missed it everybody. Was, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all you guys listening and watching, make sure you give us a rate, review, catch us online, bettertodaypodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at bettertodaypod. Uh, you can also find me and Justin on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Uh, at Brad Livingston underscore. And at Justin Oswald underscore. Yeah. So, make sure you subscribe so you can check out the next episode of the Better Today podcast where we aim to help you build a new you using the Enneagram to be better today for a better tomorrow. So Laura, once again, thank you so much. And uh, to all all of our watchers and listeners, we'll catch you guys later. See you guys.